again, to give you all the permission to stand up if you need to stand up as well. Um, <laughs> I've got a good number of questions here. Y'all keep texting them in. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Yeah. We'll have more time tomorrow to ask them as well. Um, Gordon, here's a, here's a question that uh, I'm trying to combine a couple of people's questions. Um, but what is the balance or can you speak to the balance in exposing or pointing out faults versus just accepting them? I feel like there's a temptation to give up and never say what bothers you because you should just learn to accept it. Uh, but then that won't get you towards togetherness either. So. Okay, good. So what's the balance? I want to say this because we're never in balance. How do we live in the tension between talking about it and not talking about it? Is that a good summary? Okay. So first of all, guys, that takes faith, and we'll never get it right. We've got to live in the tension. But in general, and you could read even your psychological literature, they'll say oftentimes there's what's called a, distant, a pursuer and a distancer in marriage. There may be one who likes to talk about it and one who doesn't like to talk about it, okay? If you want to think in general, how do you need to lean? The one who talks about it probably needs to talk less, and the one who doesn't needs to talk a little bit more, okay? But if I was going to give you a general rule, depending where you are in marriage, all right, I don't think you always have to talk about what's difficult. Guys, the cardinal rule of counseling is someone's pathology is pretty clear, and so if it comes around and you miss it, just wait. It's going to come back around again. Okay? Guys, you're going to keep doing the same thing to each other. Relax. Relax. Okay? And choose when to talk about it. I would say choose better times to talk about it when you talk about it. And, and you who doesn't, write something on your calendar. You're going to and email it and let them give them a chance and then talk about it. Okay? Have a means of grace to help you talk about it. And you who talk about it too much, have a means of grace to not talk about it. Okay? I don't know if that helps, but it's by faith. And I can't, there's going to, the answer's going to be different between couple and person, okay? That's great. Um, <clears throat> another question, I appreciated this one because we just had our fourth child, yeah. and my wife is not here. Um, <laughs> but uh, how do you fight for marital togetherness, especially in the young child, like heavy physical parenting stage yeah. that so many of us are in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if... Uh, could I just start weeping for those of you who are young and have young children? Could, would that help? Okay. Okay. Now, guys, I want you to remember something. Evil pursues us. He goes after men who are minding their own business, Proverbs 9 says. And those of you who have young children are never going to be this vulnerable again. And you are hearing a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with the truth. Okay. So how do you fight? Um, one thing is... is all right, first of all, young children pull you apart. People will say things like, you can't be a child-centered family. If you've got four young children, that is a child-centered family. There ain't no way around it, okay? So try to have some time where you are together. Now, for us in ministry, that was really hard because we didn't have finances. Thankfully, we had some kind people who helped us do that. I know there are uh, if you have couples, maybe you can child share. But try. Now, I, being a good gospel-centered Christian, I didn't want to be legalistic, okay? I have a sister and brother-in-law who are Roman Catholic who are believing, but they like the law a little bit more than me. And so they did, early in marriage, they did a, a date night, started doing a date night and did it every week. And when they were younger married, they have like a 13-year, 14-year-old come over, you could pay less, and they would deal with the kids and get them to bed, and they did their night, date night. As they get older, kids took care of it, okay? And they cooked the dinner, and they cleaned up. 
my sister's really good about like we're not that good at that kind of thing. Anyway, I would used to mock them about that, and now I feel humble that I wish we had done better with that kind of thing in terms of trying to fight. Now, let me just say this, and this is more if you believe the kingdom's coming, okay? If you, and, and guys, we stumble into the gospel, we don't do great, so if you're moving two steps up, one step back, and the kingdom's growing, what your kids do as you get older is they bring you together, okay? When, when it was, this happened, and I realized we were loving each other by loving the kids. In some ways, the vulnerable ones were getting the best parts of us, so we didn't have left for each other. Now, part of what you have to do during that season is realize, because you'll think, we need to talk about it to get, you know, to get together. I need to spend, I'll meet with mothers who have the four young kids, and they'll tell me, you know, if I would just do a better quiet time, like, it would all go better. And I'm like, listen, you know that verse in Philippians where it says, let nothing be done through selfishness and empty conceit, but with humility of mind, consider others more important than yourself? Well, sister, you're living that verse for the next 10 years, okay? Just try to remember that, okay? You're living into that verse. That's enough. Try to get better at that one thing, all right? I think we try to do too much. So as a, as a young, I would say, let me say this. I want to slow down. So you're trying to have some time together. You're trying to believe that the kingdom's coming and what's difficult now will be mocked by future togetherness. And then you're doing this. You're getting some individual time with, now see, I haven't, I'll probably say this tomorrow, but like guys, you need to be with guys so you can remember that relationship isn't that hard, okay? Okay, guys, I watch games with friends of mine and they don't care if I'm relating to them and we both enjoy it, okay? Now women, stop trying to get your, your husband to be a girl, have more of that, like, Raising girls, I mean, honestly, there was times I thought, I want to be a girl. They celebrate each other. They get into each other, like, a little bit too much from a guy's perspective, right? But, but do that. You're going to feel more normal, and that refreshes you guys. T individual time with the opposite sex is practice. It helps you remember that you can do relationship. It refreshes you so that you can do marriage. Guys, can I tell you, in 28 years of marriage, here's what no couple has ever said. My spouse treats me better than anyone. My spouse gets me better than anyone. Because, guys, you need the gospel more in marriage. So have individual girls' night out, guys, where you're getting refreshed so that you can be together as a couple. Okay? I hope that helps. I get really passionate about that because it is such a time of suffering, and there's so many lies that come at you that aren't true. Guys, and I'll be really candid. <laughs> During that season, like, I was regularly attacked with thoughts of divorce and affair. I don't believe I was moving anywhere towards that. But that was in my bones if the sins are passed down. And I had to fight that through God's help. They were all lies. None of it was true. I say this. I got married because I liked my wife, okay? Then we got married, and I heard all these things that I didn't like her, all right? Now, my joy, we were married 29 years. And our anniversary, this past year, I was able to say, I like my wife. All right, what happened was those lies, because Christ in me got bigger, those lies, and now I see, and like, I like her. I've, I've liked her all 30 years. The lies got so big, and they've got pushed away. But when you're in that stage of, oh, you're going to hear those lies so much in general. So, all right. That's great. Um, on the topic of differentiation, uh -huh. I know for some of us, we're very fluid with that term. Others of us, that's a brand new term yeah. for us tonight. Yeah. And so could you maybe paint a picture for us of what a well-differentiated couple looks like and yeah. maybe what a not-so-well-differentiated okay. couple looks like? That's a great question. So a, a well-differentiated couple is 
there's real differences that you notice and enjoy and see and are clear, and yet you're still really together, okay? Non-differentiated is if you're apart, it really threatens you. If you're apart, or just differences offend you more, okay? Like, like y'all, when I was not differentiated, I looked over at my wife's reading list, and there was no C.S. Lewis, and I thought, how am I going to live with this chick for 40 years, okay? Now, I talk about, I'm talking about C.S. Lewis tonight. I don't want to talk about that with my wife. I talk about it too much. I am so glad she doesn't read C.S. Lewis. We, like, really what we do is we watch whatever it is she likes to watch, and I kind of laugh, but I just check out, and I'm with her okay? And we enjoy that. I don't like TV that much, okay? Now, I love movies. I can do movies. That's probably the thing that refreshes us most, all right? But differentiation is, and differentiation, like, was also, I tried to give you that picture where, like, where I was enjoying her enjoying theater. I didn't feel like I had to get to the point where I could enjoy theater. No, we were differentiated. I'm not going to enjoy theater. It's not who I am. But I can enjoy her enjoying theater. That's differentiation. Is that more clear? Do we need some... Maybe, it's just the what, what, is, Go what, what would it look like in the reverse? Like a couple that's not well differentiated. How does that impact a marriage? Like yeah. what, and they might not even see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think what it is is you, you overstep each other's boundaries more. So like now the person who talks too much, they're anxious because they don't feel together because there's differences. So they keep talking, trying to solve the marriage and get in the other person's space. And the other person who doesn't talk much keeps pulling away and moving away and like, oh, I don't think, I don't know if we're ever gonna be together. Like if, if the gospel does this where it opens you up, now you're able to talk about those differences and see those differences and enjoy those differences. So if you're not differentiated, they threaten you much, they threaten you too much, they cause too much anxiety and, and you just, you don't have good boundaries. Like you just don't understand and work around the difference as well. I hope that helps as best as possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good helps. question. Yeah. Um, and, and if anybody wants to open a question and have me bring a microphone to just flag me down. Um, another good question, uh, Gordon, uh, you know, obviously you're, a man in process, you know, working through being kind of a, a type A work for productivity to having more fun, right. enjoying life. Yeah. Um, maybe you can't give a great answer to this, but what are, what are some things that you've done proactively through the years to work on that? Uh, rather than just kind of gradually, maybe you have just kind of gradually become more relaxed, but are, are there anything specifically that you do that helps? That's a great. And let's think either way, guys, if, if you're recognizing what your fleshly tendencies are, like we've talked, like I've talked about, what you need are means of grace, okay? They help us do what we want to do or help us not do what we don't want to do. So, like, I can remember going to Gulf Shores and I told myself, I'm leaving my laptop home because I bring it with me, I'm going to get it, and I'm leaving my cell phone in the um, condo, okay? So, I, and this is when we had young kids, and I thought, I'm going to try to build sandcastles and be with my family, okay? You know, Thursday of that week, I began weeping. And I was like, what is going on? And I felt the Holy Spirit say, welcome to your first vacation. We didn't take vacation. I grew up in a very Eastern blue-collar family, and I got an incredible work ethic that I'm grateful to for this day. I also got an overdeveloped work ethic. So the means of grace was doing things. Now, guys, this is where we need community. So 
ask people, like, what could be a means of grace for me? This is what I struggle with. That in and of itself is a means of grace because now someone is carrying what you struggle with and they're giving you some ideas of what to put in place. And as spouses help each other now, when you break that means of grace, don't be quick to remind, but help each other putting some things in place that turn you, okay, or keep turning you towards where you want to go. Um, guys, for me, what's crazy, this will sound crazy, but I was so, um, so set on being like a really good dad and a really good husband. I told myself that I couldn't work out because I didn't have enough time and I was just going to be a good dad. And really what I was doing was being a martyr. Okay, so I kept praying and I kept being honest about kind of how I wanted to be in shape. But but if I was going to work out, it had to be like a short amount of time and I had to do it alone. So I would like go do try to do a run. It would feel so oppressive doing it alone. So I kept stumbling. All right. And I kept praying, though, that I wanted to get there. And then somebody pursued me and asked me if I'd ever done Iron Tribe, if you've heard of that. It's like CrossFit. And I believe that was an answer to my laments like. I don't know why I can't get in shape, why all the confusion. So this person pursued me and said, hey, would you ever want to do Iron Tribe? I said, I've heard it's really cool, but um, I'm just really not in a place to do that because I couldn't afford it financially. I didn't say that. I think they knew that. So he says, comes back to me three weeks later, I've gotten you a ministry rate, $100 a month, and I'm going to scholarship you for a year. Okay? So two months in, if I was paying the ministry rate, which was reduced, I would have stopped because it was too much money for that kind of pain. Okay? But at the end of the year, it was a means of grace. I actually put it in my schedule, and I went three times a week. And at the end of the year, I was in shape. Is there a kindness that helped me do that? The biggest mistake I made raising our kids was not working out three days a week. And I mean that above anything. Because it would have helped me spiritually to work out. Because I really experienced God's ministry to my heart when I work out. So I wish I had earlier on my own been able to put in that means of grace. And what happened was working out, a group workout that was 45 minutes where you show up and leave with other people was a means of grace to actually help me work out so that I would do it, okay? I hope that helps. Yeah, that's good. Um, a couple questions around uh, this, and I, I wrote it down too, that, uh, that line of I give you permission to be disappointed in me. Uh -huh. You know, for... Uh, probably most of us, that's a very vulnerable position to be in. And to be in a conversation where somebody is expressing disappointment and frustration with you and to not just jump to the apology mm -hmm. and try to get the conversation over as quickly yeah. as possible. So what are some uh, tips, tricks, I don't know, I, you know, like how do you stay in that conversation as the one receiving mm -hmm. the disappointment? And like what are some prompts some things that you think about when you're in conversations like that that don't make you just want to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great question, and, and honestly, we're going to have to kind of tell ourselves that we're going to want to run, and we're probably going to run. Like, you've got to kind of believe that you're going to stumble toward doing that better, first of all, okay? One of the ground rules I would want you to think about communication is oftentimes when you're not talking about stuff, it's inside of you, and something that stays inside of you gets darker and moldier. So when you first talk, guess what comes out? Not good stuff, okay? So first of all, if you try to start doing that where you're sharing disappointment, it's not going to go well in the beginning. And I think you've got to accept that. So you, first of all, you want to try to do it in doses. One of the things I really recommend now is that you actually, maybe you actually write it out and you write a letter. So let's say one of you want to do that, 
okay? Or as a couple, you want to do that. And actually, y'all, I'm really, I want to reinforce this. Let's say as a couple, you wanted to do that. A means of grace would be some couples knowing that you're doing that and they're praying for you. And maybe they're even helping you. What I would recommend then is you write a letter and you write and rewrite that over two or three weeks where you're praying. And you're doing it through prayer. Because what will happen is a lot of your fleshliness will come out and that letter will get better and better. Okay? Then you actually read the letter not in front of each other. Because now when you try to do it in front of each other, the bad stuff comes up. Then the other person gets bad. Then it gets all bad and it breaks apart. So now you've written a letter you've, and you've thought about it before you send it. And then you give that person a couple of days to read it through and think about it. And then you try to talk about it or maybe you respond. And... I know a lot of people would think, like, that's like training wheels. Like, we should just be able to talk about it. I don't believe that's the gospel, y'all. I believe the gospel gives us training wheels, okay? So that would be my most constructive way to kind of think about it. Because, guys, I think it's really hard in the moment to talk about difficult things. What you're trying to do is stay at it to create space where you have the strength to talk about that difficulty. And that's where, as you're moving into sanctification, guys, think, what does your flesh produce? Quarreling, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, division. What does the spirit produce? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. So part of your hope is, as we keep moving, we will get better. That's probably the best means of grace, is is probably using your devices, because you have them now, to help each other get there. Or, and I know, I know you're, well, let me say two things, okay? This is not, I don't, I don't, I don't promote Daymark. We're not at a place where we even have to promote it. But guys, counseling should be the normal, natural function of Christian community. First of all, you should be sharing what's going on with some people around you who just pray for you and care about you. And y'all, what counseling is, it's people who are gifted and trained to help you move through some of this stuff. So that also could be a means of doing that. Uh, all right, I'm going to make this our last question for the evening so we can, I know some of y'all got to get kids right. home. Um, how do you reconcile where your needs and your spouse's natural tendencies are at odds? Yeah. How do you reconcile where your needs and your spouse's natural tendencies are at odds? Um, slowly. <laughs> um, I mean, on some level, it's the heart of what I'm saying. I'll, I'll try, maybe this will help you, I don't know, but... I think, first of all, when the Holy Spirit comes in us, I said it earlier, I think we realize we're made for ultimate beauty and perfection. Eternity is set in our hearts. And I believe a mature believer is somebody who wants every good thing, but at the same time waits for it to unfold, right? The kingdom's coming. We're going to have all good things. So when you're limited like me, because I was so kind of disciplined and blah, 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 underneath what I was really longing for was more freedom, more love, more joy. Who do you think represented that? my wife but her very difference exposed my idolatry so I think the heart of that question is probably what I've been trying to get at all night in terms of knocking together softening changing only the gospel can do that all right maybe practicing it hearing each other's disappointment like some of the things I've talked about hopefully would help you move towards that accepting that it's difficult but there's just no easy way for your flesh to get smaller and Christ in you to get bigger. We are gospel Christians, all right? And again, I'll just, I'll, I guess I'll close with this. I, I want you to try to be encouraged by what I've said, that if you understand that marriage is hard 
and you understand there's a pathway through that difficulty, all right? This is Larry Crabb. He says we want a plan to follow, not a person to trust, okay? There's a way through that difficulty. It is the gospel, and we can have hope that we move towards that, and as that happens, our differences will become softer and will become kinder. It was around 11 years of marriage for us where I realized I just want to be kind to this woman. That's all I want to do. I've made enough of a mess of this. The Spirit was beginning to help the differences not offend us where they clashed, and there was just more kindness. Guys, we're still different. What's around us is just more kindness. That's all that's changed. We're still really different. We just have less of a fleshly nature, more of Christ in us. Great. Gordon, thank you so much yeah. for, for being here. We're looking forward to tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow morning. Um, yeah. 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 Hey, just a, a couple of things before we go. Um, Gordon has his book. Let me say one he thing. There, I have written a book, and yeah. there's some outside. If you want to purchase one, they're $15. I have change if you have cash, and you can go to our website and pay online on your phone if you want to do that and just take one. They're $15. That's great. Thank you. Um, tomorrow morning, we'll get going at 9.15 in here. At 9 o'clock, you can come early 15 minutes. We'll have some gathering time. We'll have coffee and bagels uh, for you all here in the morning. So 9 o'clock, you can come. 9.15, we'll get going, and we'll finish up tomorrow by, by 11.30. But um, let me pray for us, and, um, and we'll all get out of here and get some rest. Let's pray. Father, we are... Um, so thankful for your spirit's work in us tonight. God, thank you for uh, opening our minds and our hearts to maybe some things that we haven't thought about before. Lord, would you even minister to us tonight as we drive home and have conversations and debrief, and maybe some of those will be fun, maybe some of them will be very uncomfortable, and we ask that you would be with us in those. God, would you give us good rest tonight, help our minds and our bodies to come back ready to receive what you would have uh, for us tomorrow. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.